0: You are Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, man, it feels good to be talking after a win, firing up the podcast after I haven't a win. done that since, what, UNC basketball? Too long, yeah. So, Syracuse, 37-20, dominating win over Georgia Tech. Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky, we're here with you every single weekday on the Lockdown Syracuse Podcast. You can find the show on Twitter. We've got all the updates you need for Syracuse Athletics, all the updates you need when Syracuse is playing a game. You were tweeted out this week for us, Ty. The username for that is at LO underscore Syracuse on our Twitter page to get all those updates. But, I mean, we knew the defense was good going in. I think the biggest thing right away is DeVito finally looks like a little bit, at least some shades, of his 2018 self in this game. He has some nice deep balls. We finally get a deep ball to Taj Harris. We've been clamoring for that. That's something that the chemistry has just never been there. And we talked a lot about how DeVito's deep ball accuracy has dropped off. He does still have that one interception in this game, but overall, I would and, say and let's
1: prove let the Tommy record DeVito. show. That was a, a bad interception. Yeah, It, it was, was almost a, a selfish interception in my book too. Just right. uh, when you watch it with the context of everything that was going on in the game, it felt like, okay, I, I can't be upstaged by Sean Tucker here. So I want to, I want to go out and, and show off what my arm can do. And he's rolling out to his right and, and it's just a bad throw. But overall, I I would take away more good than bad from Tommy's performance. I mean, again, we've seen games this season where he doesn't throw for 50 yards. So to be closer and closer to 200, obviously a good sign. Although I will say this, I don't think the better team won in this game. I really do think Georgia Tech played the better football game. Now, they turned the ball over. They were careless with the football, and that's not going to win you any, any football games. Yeah, we... We kind of, again, we didn't pick Syracuse to win this game, but we kind of hit it on the head of how Syracuse could win this game. We said, you got to turn them over, and you got to be good on the run. And guess what? They were excellent running the ball, and you forced four turnovers in this game. So when you, br- when you bring that entire recipe to the table, which they did to open up this new Carrier Dome, it was really just a, a well-rounded effort, I would say. But I don't think the better team won, and there's plenty of statistics that really back that up. I mean, you look at some of the the total rushing, the the first downs, all that stuff, and you may say, oh, well, that's just Georgia Tech because they were playing from behind. No, I I would say that's more of how the game flowed. It felt like Georgia Tech did a much better job moving the ball. It was just the untimely interceptions by, right. by Jeff Sims and, and some of these other plays that happened during the game. And, listen, Syracuse wreaked havoc. That defense won them this game a lot more than the offense did.
0: Yeah, and Sean Tucker was great. We'll get into he Tucker. He was, yes. I mean, it's such a revelation to have... A rushing attack and we talked about how they've gotta get that in this game and this was going to be their best opportunity to do so. Yeah, if you couldn't do it
1: against Georgia Tech, you weren't doing it all season long.
0: Right. Yeah. Now you've got a bye week and you've got two more winnable games. It's amazing how one game can kind of sway your thought process on the team. I mean, now you look ahead and you see a path to three and two because we've seen something on offense. That was the biggest thing. They scored seventeen points in the first quarter. They had 16 points in the first two games combined, and Sean Tucker looks great, which is baffling, right? Because Tucker goes from, what, the fifth string back, essentially? Yep, he was going to
1: enter the year as the fifth string running back in all likelihood, and yeah. now he's looking like a guy who is really one of Syracuse's better running backs in recent years. I mean, when you look pat- back through the decade, he I-, I hate to say this after one game, but he has shown it consistently now. Uh, And you may say, like, well, how can you show consistently in two games? Well, carry to carry, he looks like the same guy every single time. He's running through guys. He's getting yards after contact. He's just been an effective back. And And he's north-self, too. He just
0: goes right into the defense. He's better in between the tackles. Jawar Jordan, we both like him a lot, but he's very small. And when he's – we talked about this before the season. If Jawar Jordan is your workhorse back – That's concerning, because he kind of is a lightning where you need a thunder to him, and I had a lot of concerns that Markenzie Pierre, given that we've kind of seen his career play out for a while, that he couldn't be a good enough thunder. Well, Tucker, although he's he's 5'10", 202, I mean, he's still not big, but compared to Jordan, he's thunder, and he's playing more like it. He's more of a downhill runner. Yeah, he's a physical guy,
1: and I really like that out of him, but I do do want to get back to Tommy DeVito, because again, the the numbers here are solid. They're not great, but they're solid. And I think there are a couple of important things to take away from his performance. First of all, Deep ball was much better. He had a the one throw to Taj, which was great. I mean, the throw to Nikeem was one of the best that we've seen of his entire career. Yeah, that looked like me, UNC right yes, there. Yes, that I was Nikeem, just about to say. Yeah, hitting Nikeem in stride in the Carrier Dome, right side of the field. I mean, that right. was the Tommy DeVito and first
0: UNC game. To clarify that, 20 Right. Yes. UNC. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I don't think there was a throw to Nikeem in that first UNC or this the UNC yeah. game this season, but. When you look at that, some of the throws he made, it, it gives you a little bit of hope of what he can do. Again, the offensive line, uh, much better, albeit against a much weaker Georgia Tech defensive front, but you see what happens when you do have some time and you can throw the ball in this Dino Babers offense. Now, you do still want to get the ball out quickly because I think that's what really makes this offense tick and go, but I, I'm... I'm shocked that we didn't see Rex throw any passes because there were some times where this offense struggled. I mean, you had five drives where there were three and outs, and you also had a pick. So right. And you had four drives where there were zero yards or fewer generated. So it's not like the offense was some humming machine. And you got to remember, there was a defensive touchdown in this one as well. So it's not like the, the, the offense was just some well-oiled machine for 60 minutes out there. There were plenty of hiccups out there. But you just do enough to win. You don't apologize for winning football games because that's what the Syracuse team came out and did. I mean, we'll get to the defense later on. They were phenomenal. This is one of the best defensive performances I've seen out of Syracuse since, since they joined the ACC. I mean, they were unbelievable from start to finish. And we're going to get to some of those performances and individuals in a little bit. But I mean, if this deep, this is how Syracuse wins games. They play competent enough offense, and then the defense is just going to take care of itself because yeah. that's what this defense is going to do night in and night out.
0: It's weird that we got into that point. I would not have guessed that would be how it would shake out in the Dino era. I mean, that's more Schaefer style, of course, but you know, at least it's showing that they can adapt a little bit. And you're right. We're going to give the defense their due, but I think it's important to stay on Tommy here. 13 for 24, he finishes the game against Georgia Tech. 194 yards, two touchdowns, that one pick. Nikeem does get a little bit more involved, just more spread out. Now, Nikeem did have a bad drop as well, which I guess we can give some credit to Tommy there because it looked like that could have maybe even added another touchdown to DeVito's ledger in the first half. And they do score 17 points in that first quarter, but it's mostly the defense and Sean Tucker. When DeVito really got going is when you saw those, after the interception, really, when you saw a couple nice long balls. Taj Harris makes a nice play, and then that dime, as you Taj mentioned, in team game. Taj ran some, some
1: fantastic routes that entire yeah. game, too. He was very sharp on his routes, especially a lot of the deep ones, too. And, and that's what he is. I mean, he's a, a great route runner. He's got the speed. He can blow by anyone. I mean, the touchdown route was unbelievable. The catch was great. The throw was pretty good he had to extend a little bit so it was a nice catch by Taj but that's the type of throw that I mean you'll take that okay you'll take that little overshot especially when you have a receiver of Taj's caliber on the outside
0: I mean essentially this game to me puts to bed any talk of a quarterback controversy now we were already sort of saying that was nonsense I know people will say well you you had Zach Mahoney on and he talked about Rex Culpepper and I'll admit like he may have Given me a little bit of a different perspective on it, and I do think his insight was yeah, still but I don't valuable.
1: Think either of us were swaying in our beliefs. I think no. we still both think it, it's Tommy's team,
0: right? Our take was always, and I saw it. You know, we were we put out that podcast on on Syracuse fan, and it, it did get some some reaction on the message. Got boards. some dads
1: in the chat. Got some yeah. dads in the chat. <laughs>
0: so if anyone was following along on that, that was funny to track. But you know, when when people saw the podcast, they reacted to it, and they kind of summarized my take in a good way, which is that if you could combine Rex Culpepper's instincts and willingness to get rid of the ball quickly with Tommy DeVito's accuracy, or, or, uh, arm yeah, 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 right, arm strength, accuracy, the whole and just thing. just, like,
1: charisma of being a quarterback, too.
0: Yeah, because Rex just, I mean, he was a tight end for a little bit. He doesn't quite have the I mean, Tommy has been groomed from a young age, which some people will knock and, and say that that's, that's part of the problem here. So but TD my, McCoy and him. Right. But my point is, and a lot of people said this on the boards, that Tommy can throw way more accurately than Rex. The question mark with him was his decision making. And I think we saw better decision making in this game. And obviously, we were never really calling for Rex Culpepper to start, you and me personally. I don't think that is even a discussion going forward, though. I know it wasn't a flawless game from DeVito, but this was a game that we like could have expected. It was this progress. Is what, it was, right, this it is was
1: what, 2020 progress. Like, yeah. This isn't the best performance we've seen out of him in a Syracuse career, but he's shown a progression from Game 1 to Game 2 to Game 3. Well, not from Game 1 to Game 2, but he's shown a progression from his last game to this game. Now you've got to build on that again. And you've got the bye week, and then you've got a couple softer opponents, although I do think Duke may pose a little bit more of a problem for this team than some think because it's going to be another team that has one of those impressive fronts. Georgia Tech didn't have that, okay? Right. So this was a game that suited Syracuse kind of well. It was just a matter of, okay, can the offense actually go out and execute? And so far this season, they had done nothing to prove to us that they can go out and execute. We had not seen execution in 2020 until this past game against Georgia Tech. So that's why I think both you and I were very, very skeptical of actually picking Syracuse to win this game. Um, but the offense proved us wrong. They went out. They executed some big plays. The, the running game was phenomenal. I think we need to dive into that a little bit more. And then, of course, the defense. I mean, top to bottom. They were, they were great for 60 minutes.
0: All right, real quick break. Got to remind you guys about Built Bars. They're healthy and they're good for you. The best tasting protein bars on the market. Great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. I think Sean Tucker may have been ripping into some Built Bars this past week to give him that breakout performance. We're going to talk some Sean Tucker after this break real quick. But Built Bars, just to give you an example, the peanut butter flavor, really tasty. It's got 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams net carbs. These are great for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, but high fiber as well. Great for a keto diet, too. Built Bars are fantastic. Tyler and I have been loving them ever since we got our first box. You can get your first box today. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON. That gets you $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right. So let's get into Sean Tucker now at the running back position, because as you said, I mean, running is everything for this offense. Dino has said it before. You don't get into the no huddle aspect or the part that's really desirable about this offense, which is that you can go, 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 and get the defense tired out and really start to make some big plays off of missed tackles because the defense is tired, etc. You don't get into that unless you are able to run the football. And going forward for me, The question is going to be simple. When I look at these matchups, like when you look at Duke and what they have, when you look at these opponents that Syracuse is playing, obviously Clemson's going to be very tough, but later on down the road, Wake Forest, BC, the question mark for me and what's going to determine my pick in a lot of these games is simple. It's can Syracuse run the football? How do they match up against the opposing team's linebackers? How's their run defense? Because we saw... When Syracuse gets the chains moving, then they can get into a flow offensively. Then it's just more instinctive for DeVito. And then you see some rewards there. So huge to see Sean Tucker start running the football well because I really feel like that's going to be the single X factor game in and game out for this offense.
1: And with Sean Tucker, I mean, his emergence has been... Such such a good sign. I mean, a true freshman guy. He's coming in. He's pulling off a hundred yard games in his just his second real game of action here in his entire career. And this I love is a the guy tweet who, you put out, by the way. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> he, he, again for for those who don't understand the context of that. He he puts out his, his Magic Johnson tweet the after his first collegiate game. And so go check out Sean Tucker's Twitter, and then you can compare it side by side with ours at lo underscore Syracuse. Anyway, but this isn't the the usual Syracuse running back that we've seen throughout the career, throughout the, the last couple of years, especially the Dino era. It's not the two yards in a cloud of dust guy. It's this guy's gonna go four yards, then he's gonna bounce off a guy, get another two. It's just gonna be hard nosed five yard runs, four yard runs, something that's dependable. And then he's shown that he can break off the big one. He had that unbelievable thirty eight yard run with the crafty move of he didn't actually go down, he rolled over the guy as opposed to actually seeing the knee touchdown. Um, I've I've always thought those plays are so weird, but, yeah. alas, they, they they worked out in Syracuse's favor this past week, but I, I like what I see out of Tucker, and I think that if you get the running game going and you get the defense to respect the run, because think about Dino Baber's entire time with Syracuse. The defense has not really respected the running game, and... That'll open up this offense. It'll open up play action. It'll give DeVito options down the field. And you've got excellent route runners, especially a guy like Taj Harris. And we mentioned Nikeem Johnson sort of came alive in this past game too. Those are guys that can make things happen downfield. And that's just going to open up this entire offense. I mean, can you imagine if Eric Dungy had a guy like Sean Tucker running the ball for him? Right. And I mean, that that's a, a top... 12 team probably in the country if they have that complementary running game to their passing game
0: yeah it, it kind of gave me some Neal vibes because remember Neal's first run his first carry was a big touchdown right. run and it was sort of like a signifier that this guy is going to be here to stay i mean tucker right now especially when you consider that he can just recycle his freshman year and run it back next year and this does not burn any eligibility if he elects to do that which I guess you would assume he would going forward, but yeah, very smart runner. I liked how they got him outside the tackles a little bit. I'll probably go back and watch the film some more and we'll dive into some deeper analysis on tomorrow's episode but it did seem like the run play calling was a little bit more creative in this game. And I liked how, and
1: that's what we were calling for too. Right. And the entire play calling, I think was a lot more creative. They were using the tight ends a little bit. I mean, the first two targets of the game, you you (laughs) called it. The first two targets of the game go to the tight ends. They each pick up a reception. Now, they didn't do a ton in the game. They kind of shied away from the tight end after. But... Yeah, it was
0: fan service from Sterling
1: Exactly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he was catering to the pod. That, that's what Sterling Gilbert kind of did out there. But that that's beside the point here because it's good to see a little bit of creative play calling. I like the, even though the play didn't really pan out, I like the little shovel pass to Luke Benson. I like yeah. some of the other screens that they set up. I thought they did a lot of different things. Not necessarily different things, but things that we've seen work in the past and they, they worked against this Georgia Tech defense that, again, not very strong, not one of the best that Syracuse is going to see all season, and they exploited the matchup at home.
0: Yeah, I mean, they used their speed, and it's kind of hard to realize this at times, given how the offense looks and how stagnant it gets and what we saw in the first two games. This offense has speed. Think about Jawar Jordan. Tucker, obviously, is a very quick guy. I know he ran track in high school, too, and you can see it once he gets to the second level, but... Think about Luke Benson. That might be the fastest tight end in the ACC. Now, I, I might be forgetting a couple guys, but he's right up there for sure. Nikeem, finally good to see him get out in space, like we've seen in some punt returns where he looks like his old self. Taj, I think he's got about as good a success of anyone in the entire conference now. He looked motivated right out now. there.
1: He looked motivated. Yeah. I won't say he was on the same page as his quarterback, but... He looked motivated because he started to have some success early, and that kind right. of snowballed into a little bit more and more throughout the game.
0: But when Taj does a go route, he gets a step on his defender pretty dang frequently. Like, Oh yeah, I mean, the, the touchdown,
1: most. beautiful little, little stutter at the line, beats his man off the line of scrimmage, and then it's just a foot race to the end zone at that point. And it would have been a real, real shame if DeVito missed that throw, because if if Devito's yeah. missing that throw then then you got real big problems.
0: Yeah, then they're having a, a Kumbaya meeting as Dino says on the sideline shortly after and we've got the classic Taj with his hands up in the air. But good to see I mean, Ta-
1: that Taj might be having a Kumbaya meeting at a different school if Devito misses him on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was just satisfying to see Taj and Devito connect cuz it's like that's our that's first star quarterback in
1: 2 years.
0: Right. That's our wide receiver who set the freshman record and broke all these stats and was on pace to have a great career at Syracuse in this high-octane offense. And, I mean, like, that's my whole summary like, of Taj, game. in
1: his mind, thinks he's an All-American.
0: And that's oh, the only yeah. way to
1: be an All-American, first of all. So don't take that as, oh, he's some, some cocky college kid. No. It, it's not. He's very confident in his ability, as he should be, because that's the only way for him to actually achieve the stuff that guys like... Jamal Custis being an all-conference guy, or Steve Ishmael and Amba, who are All-American guys. Like, in Taj's mind, and part of the recruiting pitch, I'm sure, to him was, you can come here and you can be an All-American.
0: Right, And being he's probably an a little frustrated that someday. his numbers aren't there. Right, and he is slender. I'm not saying he's going to make the NFL, but he has that in his mindset, I'm sure. That's that's the way he plays. You can tell he's always out there giving it 100% effort. So Sean Tucker's stats, just because I want to give him his full due diligence here 24 attempts i mean that is a lot in this game and partially yeah. because of game flow but 112 yards two touchdowns i didn't look this up but we probably should and maybe you saw it from anyone like when's the last time we had a hundred yard rusher in a game there I mean, wasn't it's a probably quarterback. Dungy. yeah yeah right. I, I was
1: trying to think of the last non-quarterback to do it in a in an fbs game maybe, or, yeah or maybe holy cross
0: game. or something but Like a game that you went in as eight-point dogs, which it's hard to believe, but that was the case going into this game. Vegas really whiffed on this one to end up Syracuse winning by 17. But, I mean, we whiffed too. A lot of people saw the game going completely differently. I'm just, it's exciting to see. Dino's always talked about a 1,000-yard rusher. Tucker, a slow start, and you're playing less games, so he's probably not going to get to a 1,000 yards. But let's just extrapolate it if we have to he's on track to maybe flirt with it or flirt with what the average per game would be. And that's so, vi- again, I can't say enough good things about it. that to me was the biggest takeaway from this game, because before this game, if we're doing an over under on carries, John Tucker was like seven carries or something. I mean, you didn't really know what to expect. Yeah, ma- maybe for this good. game, it would
1: have been like 13 and a half. You're putting it at, but it, yeah, but even told me that would have been high. Yeah. You're probably right. My, my main takeaway from this is we have seen the opposition hand Syracuse three games in 2020. This is the first time they've taken it. It, it. Like, that's what we've seen. UNC handed them that game. They didn't want it. Pitt handed them that game. They didn't want it. Georgia Tech, totally different story. They handed them the game and they exploited it. Okay? They took that and they ran with it. They didn't just take it. They took it and ran with it. Literally and figuratively. And I think that's my main thing is there's been a lot of sloppy football, all right? And a lot of teams are going to do some of the things that UNC, that Pitt, that Georgia Tech have done. They're going to try to hand you some games. It's on you now to try to take them and do something with them. And this is the first time we've seen it out of this Orange team this entire season.
0: Okay, so let's shift to the defensive side of the ball now. I, I do think we've got to give this defense some credit, because, and we have been. But, I mean, you said it, four turnovers, and I agree with you to an extent of what you were just saying there before the break. Georgia Tech obviously did kind of hand Syracuse this game, but when it happens three games in a row, at a certain point, we've got to acknowledge that this defense is just making stuff happen. They are, this I know you do acknowledge that.
1: Yes, we we've so, been one of the biggest fans of this defense on this show.
0: Of I will everyone say, I
1: out there, in, in the I Syracuse shot him down atmosphere. a little after
0: week one. I, I was yeah. not totally sold, and well, I was still sold,
1: holes. but I was not sold on the depth. I was, I was sold that that unit played hard, they played well, they got some turnovers, but then they got fatigued. You got to remember this too. I mean,
0: San no Francisco didn't play yeah. in this game. Like,
1: right. your best player, not just your best player on defense, your best player sat out of this game because of a freak injury before the game, and they go out and, and play one of their best games of the season. I mean, can I just say this, all right? And, and I'm going to have to bleep myself out, but this team hits f***ing hard. Like, that's what <laughs> they do. They they hit f***ing hard, and then they're just flying all over the field at it's all It's so times. good to like, see. Yeah. Like, Trill Williams... He was all over the place in this game. He was hitting dudes. I mean, the defensive line I thought was phenomenal in this game. We actually have a a prop shop uh, dispute. I want to put up with you because so both the first two interceptions, both technically interceptions by rule, just because they they never hit the ground. Yeah, Josh Black. Yeah, they were created. They if they hit the ground. They would have been fumbles. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where the quarterback lost it, but since it was still in the air, it counts as an interception. I'm not, as I know where you're fumble. going here. I, and Michael you're, you're Jones, talking about Jones forced one of them. He hit, we talked like, about this, though. If it's like I know, the iffy play, we've rolled that out. But if out. that ball hits the ground, like if he yeah. puts his hand in there one time, like if the iffy play, if if that ball hits the ground, it's a it's an incomplete pass. But that play right there, if that ball hits the ground, it's a fumble and then it's a forced fumble on Michael Jones's tap. So I, I just want to bring it up with the board, see well, what they we'll say. We'll debate
0: this some more, but I'm firmly okay. against you there. I mean, if all right. if the announcer says air conditioning off the top, then I win my prop. Like, are we just going to play the if game all day? He well, didn't get credit for a fumble or right, force right, anything in the fine. stat book, right? No, all he right. didn't, but it would We it can debate been. it some more. I mean, obviously, it's all in good fun. So... Okay, what, what did you make of the Carter to Trill flip touchdown? Yeah, what a I mean, weird play to watch.
1: Very strange. And, and I, I was actually surprised because we tweeted about that, but I was very surprised with the amount of people who supported that. Like, just dis- supported support it. the decision making. So you support it?
0: Like, okay, at first I was like, oh no, what are we doing? And then obviously, like, hindsight bias, when it works, you're easy to jump on. Like, but let's I will be honest, say, though.
1: The game right there was decided on the flip. If that ball gets loose and Georgia Tech scoops it up, they get a fresh set of downs in good field position. Georgia Tech is winning that game. We're
0: lambasting Carter on the spot. Right, exactly. And And then it turns into some
1: freak play where Trill Williams, I mean, the guy, he's a defensive back, but he very well could play running back or receiver on this team too. And then he goes out and makes a play for you on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know if he was calling for the ball or what. I, yeah, he was. I don't know. So what Was so, he calling for it? Okay.
0: Yeah, because after the game, did you see the stuff in the press conference, how their roommates, and I don't know if you saw this, but Carter and Trill, which is pretty fascinating to think about, they had always talked about, apparently they said that they had talked about a lot, how if I get a pick or you get a pick, like let's lateral it to each other and let's make a play happen like that. And they're just good pals. So – Trill said as soon as Carter like was returning it back he was behind him like right here right here right here and that's why he lateraled it. So that made me feel a little bit better. Okay, about so it's, the yeah, I guess making. a little
1: more structure there, but I think right. at some point you got to understand totally. the time and the context of the game that you're in. Like if you flip that ball there and things go awry... It
0: wasn't the time. There's a yeah. solid
1: chance that yeah, you do that if you're if you're up like 14 20 points. You don't do that in, in. I think it was a one possession game, or maybe it was a ten point game at the time. I don't remember exactly what the score was, but that was not the time or place for that. And I'm not gonna go all in on that, be, just because the end result all alls well. That ends well, I guess. But right. if, if you you got to be smart with something like that. And again, these are college kids, and, and I don't I don't know. I I, I've, I have a tough time wrapping my mind around Tony White not ripping into Carter for that decision-making.
0: So the part that I do like about it, and some people tweeted at us for this kind of thought process, is it does show some moxie, some aggressiveness on that side of the ball that we want to keep like pushing. And, and that's what has made this defense play with some edge, and that's why they're getting some results. Is I think you anyone can notice that this defense, like you said, they're hitting hard, they're making plays, they're flying all over the field. And it's not just these first stringers now. I mean, Carter has a great game. Who else steps up? Cam Jonas plays pretty well in this game. Garrett Williams Cam, continues I mean, it's, to make some and plays. And
1: then it's a lot of the usual suspects, too. I mean, you saw yeah. Kingsley Jonathan made some plays. Josh Black, obviously. Jones all over the place once again. And again, no Cisco in this game. Because if Andre Sisko was in this game, he's probably winding up with an interception at some point or another in this contest. But I think Trill was, was the star on defense in this game. And just the, the way that he made things happen. He was hitting guys. He was making plays. And I love Trill, I, man. He's yes. so awesome. I, you know what? I mean, we talk about all the time about Andre Cisco Is he a first-rounder? He, he deserves not? First more. Yeah. I mean, Trill Williams, I think from what I've seen from him through three games, it, it's not a question anymore. This guy is not coming back next season. I think yeah. he's, he has played himself into the NFL draft, whether it's it's – a fourth-round guy, or maybe he can even play his way up a little bit more. But I, I think he's done enough now where, let's say there is some giant catastrophe and, and the season gets shut down or whatever, he he's going to the draft. I think he's proven enough.
0: So it, it might be an overreaction. I mean, this Tony White hire couldn't look better. Could you think of a better oh, yeah. start? And no, I, you can't. And it's not
1: like you're playing against a bunch of pansy offenses either. I mean, I don't think it's anything great, but it's still an ACC team. Kenny Pickett's a a guy who uh, led the team, I believe, to an ACC championship game. Um, And and you just look at, I mean, UNC. UNC's got a a Heisman contender on their team. You got on on this uh, Georgia Tech team. I mean, say what you want about Jeff Sims. Yeah, he throws, what, the three or four interceptions that he threw. But... I think he was the better quarterback in this game. He didn't do the better job of taking care of the ball, but in he terms of... He didn't play of, better,
0: no. If
1: but. if you had to tell me, do you want Jeff Sims on your team for the rest of the year, you get you just get him one year. Jeff Sims or Tommy DeVito, I'm taking Jeff Sims. Yeah. And it's not even close, really. I, I just yeah, think, I agree with you. Sure, some of the decision-making was, was suspect at best, but it's kind of the, the whole Jameis Winston co- complex to me is... All right, he's going to get you 30 touchdowns. He's also could throw you 30 interceptions, too. And, he's good, and I guess the difference here is that Sims can make things happen on his feet as well, whereas Winston can't. But if you've got a defense like Syracuse's, I'm willing to put up with the mistakes as long as there is some sort of reward on the back end of it with the offense. It's kind of like the James Harden thing, too. All right, he's going to score 32 for you. You might let up 30, but he's going to score 32-35 for you. And I think with this defense... It would be really nice to have a guy like a Jeff Sims on this team.
0: It also would help a ton for the offensive line's sake, too, that he has a little bit more dual threat in his game for sure. Now, that might lead to
1: some more mistakes, but... Yeah.
0: I'm sure a lot of people are screaming at us, like, how could you take Sims over our quarterback after that one game? But let's keep in mind, like, Sims is really young, and also he's looked better than that one game. Yeah. Yeah. And DeVito also looked really, really bad in the first two games, and I don't think anyone can really ignore that, but we're, we'll give him no. credit. He looked a little bit better, and and I obviously hope that we continue to see some progress there, but, you know, he, sh- he should be looking better than he is more consistently. That That's just the bottom line, given where he is and how many years he's been with the program. Last thing I'll say, the defense, it feels sustainable, what they're doing. It, I didn't yes. know if it was sustainable mm-hmm. after week one. Obviously, the turnovers might drop down a little bit because... Yeah, I mean don't hand. expect
1: three to four turnovers every game. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I but, like what I see. This team but at this the team's same aggressive time, defensively.
0: How many times have we played that game with Syracuse defense where like, oh, the turnovers they aren't sustainable, expect to drop. And and this is now three straight years of them just producing turnovers on defense. Now this is year one with Tony White, and that's why it does feel sustainable because they're throw they've had some injuries. Like they're throwing out guys that are young, the Neil Nunn's, the Garrett Your Williams. Best of the turnover world.
1: creator was not on the field for this game.
0: Yeah, so my point is, I would say the scheme itself looks great. Because and they look
1: comfortable in it, too. That's, I think, right. the, the most surprising thing to me. And, and maybe the the whole, all right, we're installing the new three three five. Maybe it's a lot simpler than we thought it was.
0: Yeah, and I think this is a not a complex new scheme. We talked about how if you're picking between schemes to introduce in a short offseason, this is a pretty good one to have. So that was the good news, and it's paying off for sure. There hasn't been any blown coverages. I mean, there's been some missed tackles for sure. But my point is, the talent on defense is only going to get better during the Tony White era. And obviously, the defensive backs group is very, very talented right now. But if you take the full context of all 11 guys that are on the field, it's only going to get better. There's a lot of young guys out there, and those young guys unless you get the DeVito syndrome a little bit, where we feel like he hasn't gotten better to the extent we'd like. But you should, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I feel like those guys will continue to grow. So I'm very, very excited about the defense, and I think this is cool. Like, I was going into the year, I didn't know what to think, but now here we are. Some people, it's it's a little early on Sterling Gilbert, we'll see. I think the tough part about Gilbert... Is the playbook is just a lot smaller after the And I think Gilbert
1: is impacted more by the the weird offseason much more than Tony White has been.
0: Right. And and on one hand, he shouldn't be because they're just introducing like a very similar style to what they already had. But for Gilbert himself to incorporate some of his new plays, you can't do that yet. And you've seen progressively game by game, like we talked about more creative runs this week, get the tight ends involved, the playbook is getting wider. And I expect it to only get more wider. Like, they're not going to throw out a trick play in these first three weeks because they just haven't been able to practice it enough. But come week seven, come week six, that's when I think we can really take stock on Sterling Gilbert a little bit more. Tony White, it's probably overreacting a little bit, but like A plus higher so far for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Before we get out of here, I do have to bring up a couple Syracuse NFL things First of oh, all, you uh, see Alton Robinson? Yeah, big dude, that sack. was awesome. Big sack yeah. in his first career game with the Seahawks in, in uh, all, one of the best games the NFL has had so far this season. So that was awesome. Good to see him going out there and doing some stuff. And Tim, uh, I think we owe uh, Sterling Hoffrichter a call. I think we do. Oh, yeah. I mean, is he playing well? T- I haven't been following. Well, oh, he plays team. for the Falcons. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you like send See, him the a only text, thing worse like, than, than watching <laughs> Syracuse football this year is if you are an Atlanta Falcons fan. Yeah, oh, I, I completely mean, completely forgot this about His coach that. is probably about to get fired. And, and yeah. God bless him. God bless him. He it, played against my even... Bears today, and they...
0: oh gosh, yeah, your Bears <sighs> are three and zero. How about that? Yeah. Foles was uh, flinging it around yeah, the field.
1: The, yeah, we don't have. This is our. I mean, this, Foles is like what Tommy DeVito was two years ago.
0: <laughs> Right. That that
1: breath of fresh air off off the bench. Yeah, he came in. It was DeVito
0: Ask. He was chucking it for sure. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for the Monday edition. We're here with you every single weekday. Tomorrow in the show, we'll dive into the film. That's what we've been doing a lot. I guess we could just start calling this like Film Room Tuesday or something. But we've been really going into the film and trying to give you guys in-depth analysis if you don't have time to look at it on your end and just give a better gauge. Because obviously... When you're watching it, you miss some stuff the first time, but we've been trying to go back and pick out some other things. So I'm sure we'll have some topics to discuss off of the film. Hopefully we'll have some interviews for you guys later in the week. It is a bye week this week, so we'll probably talk some basketball at some point too. But we are here with you every single weekday. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. For Tyler, I'm Tim, and we'll talk to you guys on Tuesday.